Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Yes, indeed. Glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on. Lots to get to. It'll be uh, Firebrand. U.S. Representative Matt Gates. bottom of the hour. Make sure you stick around for that. We do, in fact, go right at what he had to say about the women that are out protesting to have more abortions. Um, he said it very directly in a speech over the weekend. These are women you wouldn't want to impregnate. And uh, the media backlash has been pretty large. Uh, and and we, we hit it right straight on. We talk exactly. In fact, I play the sound bites during the interview with him, so make sure you stick around for that. We've got that for you. Uh, former President Trump is back in Washington giving speeches. That's interesting. That piqued my interest. Might give you a quick soundbite from that as well on your Tuesday. Yes, indeed. Also an update from Uvalde. Hi, hi, hi. That's Carrie Lockie. Carrie, how you doing? Okay, how are you? Very well. Polo's up. Making it happen. Sam and the hizzy. We also talk about Christian nationalism that was attacked yesterday roundly by Rachel Maddow, by MSNBC, and by just about everybody on the left. Christian nationalism. If you're a Christian nationalist, then you are Hitler. That's what they were trending yesterday. You're Hitler. If you love the nation, makes you nationalistic, or, or that you believe in Latin nationalism, USA, 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 and you're also Christian, you're now Hitler. That's, that's the argument they're making. I want you to understand that. Um, and that's pretty sick. It's pretty sick, to be honest with you. And the, they're, they're just bought in. And a lot of these people on the left are bought in, and they say they're Christian, which is so crazy to me. It really is. But let me, let me give you a couple of these sound bites. This is Matt Gates questioned after he gave that speech, and he basically said, work in a salad. Uh, he said that these women were not women that you want to impregnate, that are out there um, fighting for more abortions. So he was asked about it. Is it safe to say that based off of your comments, you're suggesting that these women at these abortion rallies are ugly and overweight? Yes. What do you say to people who think that those comments are offensive? Be offended. And and listen, that's the right answer. If you're offended by what he said, and I don't necessarily love what he said, but the reality is if you've seen some of these videos and some of these pictures, the people that are out there, um, it it, it would not hurt them to go and get a job and make some money and do something more beneficial with their lives. Um, They seem to be the most radical that we've ever seen. And and also, certainly, um, I'm not going to say they're not attractive enough because I think that anybody can probably procreate uh, who has the ability, but... I just think they could better use their energy to possibly move their bodies a little bit and go to work and, and make something uh, you know out of their lives. And why is it okay for Matt Gates to say that? Well, some of you are offended by that. And that's okay. He's right. Be offended. He has the right to say it. And if you want to argue with him about it, you can do that as well. But the reality is those who are out there who are protesting, if you watched any of the videos, if you've watched, if you've seen any of the pictures where they're holding up signs, they say the most disgusting, grotesque things. I mean, there was one guy who literally made himself into the private parts of a man and a woman. Then he was acting as if he was having relations with himself. Carrie, did you see this in the parade? This guy walking no, around with that outfit? did not, thankfully. I mean, it was widely shown uh, on all social media, and thank God you stay away from it. But these people are nuts, man. These people are nuts. And the things that they say to those who want to preserve life are legitimately crazy. So I don't mind him attacking them. 
Now, people can call him a body shamer. He's fat shaming. He's this, he's that. He's that. No, he was very specific about who he was talking about. The people who are out there in front of the Supreme Court with nothing better to do with their lives. And he has as much a right to say what he said as they, as they have to say what they're saying. And in fact, he used words. They're being very graphic in their message. And some of them are being downright profane. And some of them are also getting physical with those who would dare come out and say, hey, I disagree with you. So we'll have more on Matt Gates. And by the way, he was attacked by some Mike Pence um, representative. I don't know this guy's name. And uh, I presented this to Matt Gates today as well and got his response. Because now Matt has come on this show and he came on early on when he was accused of some sort of inappropriate sexual behavior with a minor or something, something that would, turned out to be a scam. They were trying to get $25 million out of his family. He came on Tucker's show. He came on my show almost immediately and talked about this. But um, for some reason, this CNN press, Carrie, I know you can't see the screen, but could you give me a reason why these hosts on CNN and MSNBC are always leaning? I don't know why. They're always doing. Not sure. Like they're actively see, leaning and but... listening. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to show the shot to those who are watching in the in, in the in the chat room. You can go to JoePags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S.com, and you can um, watch the show as we do it live. Uh, you see all the videos, see all of us. Yeah, and right now I'm showing a picture, and I don't know who this host is. I don't watch CNN. Um, seems to have attractive eyes. So if that helps anybody with darkish hair, dark brown to her shoulders, and she's leaning to her left. I mean, physically, I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to try to emulate it. I don't, I don't know what she, I don't know what she, I don't know what she's doing, but like actively listening as this guy like goes after Matt Gates. Mark. Well, I don't know if Mike Pence will run for president in 2024, but I don't think Matt Gates will have an impact on that. In fact, I'd be surprised if he was still voting. It's more likely he'll be in prison for child sex trafficking by 2024. And I'm actually surprised that Florida law enforcement still allows him to speak to teenage conferences like that. So I'm not too worried about Matt Gates thing. I mean, you know, it's just stupid. So I I hit Matt Gates with that. And any answers to that as well. Uh, Carrie, did you not know why they lean like that? I don't know. I I I I wish I could see a picture picture, but looks like she might have to go potty. I'm not really sure what she's doing. It's um, it's an odd and, and so many of them do it to the point to where I probably will have to take that CNN two box and superimpose myself in the other box and try to lean like she is. Hmm. Okay. I think I'll do that. I'll post it on the Instagram or okay. something later. Joe Talk Show on Instagram. Joe Talk Show on Instagram. So we'll have Matt Gates on uh, later on in the hour, bottom of the hour, in fact. It's about 20, 22 minutes from now. Uh, meantime, there's an update out of Uvalde. And now that we know that almost 400 cops showed up, now that we know that there were so many in the hallway that didn't go in, now that we know that the door was unlocked, they never tried the door, now that we know that pe- that children were, were bleeding out and dying who could have been saved had they rushed the door, now that we know all the failings like the door was somehow open, propped open, left open, wasn't closed, now that we know that the, that the, the guy who was the chief on the scene didn't even have his radio with him, now that we know all these things. I don't know why anybody would want would have any trust or, or or belief in the system that's in place now. I think the principal's got to go. I think the superintendent's got to go. I think the police chief has to go. I think uh, many of those police officers should go. They should not be anywhere near there in charge of keeping people safe anymore. 
And to that point, people in that community are saying enough is enough. And there's an update on what they want done with the principal, right? Yep. From the Blaze, Rob Elementary School Principal Mandy Gutierrez was placed on administrative leave Monday, her attorney said. Gutierrez was suspended with pay after a special legislative investigation into the May 24th massacre of 19 students and two teachers in Uvalde, Texas. found she was aware of security problems at the school prior to the shooting, but had failed to address them, ABC News reported. Her attorney, Ricardo Cedillo, did not give a reason for her suspension in a terse statement to the Associated Press. School district officials have also declined to comment on the suspension. A report by the Texas State House found among numerous systemic failures, Robb Elementary School had a recurring problem with maintaining locks and doors. Amid questions regarding whether properly locked doors would have prevented the shooter from entering the building or classrooms, the report found there was a culture of noncompliance for locked doors, which turned out to be fatal. The door the shooter used to get inside the building was not locked, and the door to one of the classrooms he entered was probably not locked, the report said. Gutierrez and at least two other school employees had known the lock wasn't working properly, but no work order was ever placed to fix it. I mean, I don't get it. Why is she suspended with pay, first of all? Secondly, what am I missing? There is a, there is a culture of noncompliance. What a strange way to word it. They didn't do what they needed to do to keep the kids safe. I'll make this as clear as I can. I don't think anybody in the police force or anybody in that school wanted anybody to be hurt that day. And the bad guy who did it is the bad guy who did it. May he rot in hell for all of eternity. Having said that, it's our job as those who are in charge of the safety of our kids to make sure we put up every barrier we can to stop the bad guy from doing what bad guys do. That means make sure the door is closed and locked. That means make sure that all classroom doors lock when the, the students and the teachers are inside and you can unlock it only from the inside. Because this bad guy walked in to an open door. He didn't have to blow the door open, didn't have to work to get it open, didn't have to pry it open. It was open, and he walked in. Goes down the hall, grabs a doorknob, it's unlocked, he walks in, starts killing people. Again, I don't think the principal, the police chief, the city council, anybody wanted anybody to die that day. I am not putting that on them, but... It is our job to make sure that those who need us to keep them safe are safe. It's simple. Instead of banning guns in the hands of good people, maybe ban bad behavior by principals. Maybe ban bad behavior by police chiefs. Maybe ban not having your radio with you when you go. Maybe ban police officers standing around as more people die inside the room. Maybe do that. I would like to ban those things. Because bad guy going to try to do bad things. He can't do bad things if he can't get in. Can't do bad things if there are barriers for him getting in. And those three cops that were behind him could have gone in behind him and shot him before he could get into the door. He couldn't unlock the door. He tried to shoot the door. He tried to get into the door. He can't get in. Oh, crap. Then he gets shot in the face before 19 students and two teachers die. But the door was unlocked to the school, either propped open or just wasn't closed all the way, or the latch was broken, as the story seems to be saying. And the classroom door was unlocked. Because he was still going to try to kill some people. Don't get me wrong. But if he can't get in the first door, 
struggles to get in. That gives those first responders, the ones that we see on the video initially in a shootout with the guy, they would have been shooting him outside the school, not in, because he couldn't get in. And then the classroom door is lo- is unlocked, and he walks right in and starts killing. If there's a barrier at the, st- at, the fa- at the faculty door, there's a barrier at the classroom door, then this guy is probably shot cold dead before he gets to anybody. Think about that. So I don't want anybody who made those bad decisions anywhere near kids again. I don't want anybody who made those bad decisions to ever have that opportunity to make these mistakes again. I want badasses in there. I want him trained by Sheriff Grady Judd, the Polk County, Florida. I want him. I want anybody who thinks about going to a school to hurt kids to know they're going to be graveyard dead if they do it. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Am I being too rough? That I want everybody fired. I don't want anybody anywhere near, you know, the responsibility of taking care of kids again. Are you with me on this? 888-941-7247. Go to JoePags.com. Like all the social media. And if you want to email me, scroll down to the bottom and click on contact. Keep it here. Joe Pags. to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. It's the Joe Pag Show. Your thoughts about my comments that anybody and everybody who was a first responder that day who stood around in the hallway did not go in. Um, the police chief certainly has to go. Uh, the principal who did not maintain an adequate level of security. Very simple things like make sure the doors are locked. Um, that principal's got to go. And I don't administrative leave uh, with pay. Screw that. Goodbye. You go get another job. You can't. You can't work in a job where kids' lives rely on you using proper protocol. Anybody and everybody involved in making that that school a school filled with sitting ducks for a bad guy, should there should be hell to pay. There should be. I mean, a lot of death happened that potentially could have been avoided had you just put up some barriers. You know, it's the argument when, when people say, you know, I say let's put up a wall on the border. It'll stop illegal entry into this country. People say, that's not really going to stop them. Might slow them down a little bit, but you build a a 10-foot wall, they're going to build 11-foot ladders. Okay, going to take you a minute to put the ladder up there. Going to take you a minute to climb up the ladder. Then you have to figure out how to get down on the other side. And while all that's going on, we're we're going to catch you breaking the law. Whereas if there's no border wall at all, there's no barrier whatsoever, there's no resistance, people just walk right in. Like we're seeing now, they're just flooding right in. So what I'm saying is people want to break the law. People want to break the rules. People want to do bad things. And if you put no resistance in front of them, why would they stop? So the first line of resistance is make sure the doors are locked. Second line of resistance is make sure that there's a double entry. If you're coming in the front of the school where you can't get in unless, you buzz, unless you're buzzed in. Oh, he had a gun. He could have shot the locks. Yeah, it's going to take a minute. Could have shot the locks to the classroom. Going to take a minute. We already know there were three cops there shooting it out with this guy. Two of the cops were slightly injured. We know they would have had an opportunity or a potential opportunity to shoot the guy outside before he ever gets inside. You have to make sure you take precautions because bad people want to do bad things. 888-941-7247, 888-941-PAGS. 
Glad to have you along for the ride. Matt Gates is going to be up in about 17, 18 minutes, something like that. Make sure you stick around for that. Got to remind you about Superbeats. Been hearing me rave about them for a long time. Probably about six years now. And I used to do the powder in the morning. You put it in your fruit juice. You put it in your water. Maybe you put it in your protein shake. Gives you that nice boost of energy. Helps you build that nitric oxide that is the miracle molecule in your bodies. Well, now they've got Superbeats Heart Shoes. Superbeats Heart Shoes going to replace your, your need to have to take a bunch of cups of coffee in the afternoon. Maybe a sugary drink, maybe a sugary piece of candy to keep you going. You're going to be a really fast high or an energy drink, a fast high, then a fast drop. With Super Beats Heart Chews, you're not going to get that. It's going to be a maintained, nice energy level. going to help your blood flow, going to help your circulation and support a healthy blood pressure. So make sure you go and check these out right now. I've been telling you about them for a while. We made it easy for you to get started. Got you up to 45% off, plus free shipping at JoeLovesBeats.com. JoeLovesBeats.com. Hurry up. It's their best offer available anywhere. That's JoeLovesBeats.com. Up to 45% off right now. Again, the website is JoeLovesBeats.com. Go and get Super Beats Heart Shoes. You're going to be glad that you did. Let me go to the phone lines. I appreciate you, Neil. What's going on? Hi. Hey, Joe. I really appreciate you. I've been listening to you here in Knoxville, Tennessee, for about three years now. Thanks, brother. And I really like your show. And, um, the thing in Texas just makes me sick. And yes. uh, I do think they should hold Arredondo. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yes. Uh, culpable in some degree for the death of those children. So possibly I criminal charges? Cops to, hmm? Possible criminal charges? Yes, sir. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I realize some of the cops standing there in the hallway, probably all of them weren't, you know, I'm sure a lot of them were troubled, but I don't, you know, some of them didn't go in, so I realized it'd be hard to probably judge how to hold any of them culpable exactly, but they had to follow his lead. That's why I say I think they should hold him culpable to some degree. Well, he was the on-site command, Neil. I think that you're probably onto something. He was the on-site command. The command leader said it's gone from active shooter to barricaded gunman, which wasn't true because there were people, good people, bleeding out in the classroom. There were people on with 911 as he was making these decisions. Um, there should be a rule and a regulation that you never go from active shooter to barricaded gunman as long as there is a guy who actively has a gun and he's anywhere near, you know, um, citizens. This guy was an active shooter and continued to be until the Bortac guy showed up and killed him. Back at it. David, Minnesota, talk to me. Yeah, hey, Joe, thank, thank you. Uh, what caught my ear was when you said it was simple you know, to fix all these problems. It was. And I agree with you. I, I agree with you 100%. I'm arguing with my wife because uh, she doesn't do good things, and it's simple to fix things. But how come we're the bad guy all the time? A person like you is a bad guy. Sean Hannity is a bad guy. When we just say, hey, this is simple how to fix the problem, just are people just idiots these days? I think people might be idiots. Uh, Carrie, was he telling me that he was fighting with his wife about it? I, that's what I thought he said. Um, so for some reason, he threw his wife under the bus. I don't I know. know what happened there. <laughs> but sure. uh, uh, I, it, when I say it was a simple fix, it sounds like I'm I'm lessening the event. I'm not. But to to make sure that the faculty entrance was closed and locked, and make sure that the that the the education the rooms the classrooms were all being closed and locked from the inside, that would have slowed this guy down. And that's all some police officers might have needed to get a good shot and take him out before he could harm anybody. Uh, again, the bad guy did the bad thing, and I don't think anybody who was there that day wanted bad things to happen in those classrooms, but at the end of the day, they didn't take the proper, very basic precautions to stop this guy from doing it. When we come back, it's going to be U.S. Representative Matt Gates. 
doubles down on what he said about the people who are protesting. Keep it here. Joe Pags. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always glad to have this guy back. He's the original firebrand. He's District 1 Republican, great state of Florida. Matt Gates. Matt, how are you? Uh, I'm great. Thanks for having me, Joe. You are great. So I'm floating around Twitter yesterday, and you immediately became a meme. Now, I went back and watched part of the speech that you did at the SAS in Tampa, and it was amazing. And, and you spoke truth to power in that when we see these videos of women that are pushing for more abortions, and pushing for so-called women's reproductive uh, health rights, um, they generally speaking um, aren't the runaway models that we would see uh, per se. But you said what we thought out loud, and and you were unabashed about it. Fill fill me in. Had you just had enough of playing around with that? You know these people who show up like cheering on murder, cheering on the destruction of a life. Right. Like they are the lowest form of protester. Right. I mean, like people show up protest for the environment, maybe like wander around a hacky sack or a drum circle. And then you get like the human rights crowd, you know, about what's going on in Darfur or whatever the outrage issue is of the day. But to show up because you you believe that the destruction of life is some sort of positive thing is just was just the worst to me. And I think that when you're that ugly on the inside, it manifests on the outside. And I wasn't afraid to say so. And you did say so, and I appreciated that because uh, you've got people covering this, and they're they're obviously avoiding the the obvious. Um, it's evident that if you said to somebody, "Well, why are you worried about this?" she'd have to give an answer, and the answer wouldn't be because you know I'm I'm having a lot of sex with a lot of really great looking people. The answer would be because I need something to fight for, or because I have no job, or because you know I I really have no life other than in mom's basement on the computer. But you again said it out loud, and a reporter, an enterprising reporter, decided to come up to Matt Gates and ask about this. And I want to play this piece of video. Is it safe to say that based off of your comments, you're suggesting that these women at these abortion rallies are ugly and overweight? Yes. What do you say to people who think that those comments are offensive? Be offended. I mean, it's that simple, isn't it, Matt? We can't, we, we can't be offended by the fact that they want to kill unborn children. We can't be offended that, that 40% of the aborted children are black in this country and Black Lives Matter doesn't care. You, we should be offended that you call them fat and ugly. Fill me in. Yeah, I just think there's an exhaustion right now with the cancel culture and this notion that like every take has to result in everyone clutching their pearls. And so I just sort of dismissed the question. I mean, I I observed what I observed. I though people like want to call me a misogynist and want to try to smear me like they don't actually argue with my underlying contention. Like I haven't seen the Internet react with some wave of like the you know, the attractive people who are out there <laughs> chanting for murder. Right. Right. I mean, you know, like Tucker Carlson and I get a lot of you know criticism about the great replacement theory, which actually, from our perspective, doesn't have anything to do with race. Right. And yet, like maybe what we need to replace is like woke white women in this country. I didn't see a single Guatemalan marching outside of John Kavanaugh's house. No, they, they were they were they're actually very busy, um, probably going to work and jobs that Americans won't do. It's Matt Gates, District One Republican, the great state of Florida. Gates.house.gov/firebrand. Check out his podcast, Firebrand, and get his book, also called Firebrand. Then there's this guy who represents 
against Mike Pence. Now, Matt, I, I interview a lot of people. I've had Trump on 11 times. I've had Mike Pence on once, and it was during the campaign in, in 15 or 16. Nice guy. I thought he was a pretty good representative, pretty good radio talk show host, in fact, in Indiana when he did it. But I don't get what he, where he's getting this alleged power that, that I guess he's feeling as though he could be the face of the Republican Party. I want to give you um, this, this dweeb. I don't even know this guy's name. He's on with CNN or MSNBC or CNN. And the report, it's funny, the host is doing this as if it's really important to listen to this guy. Um, and, and here's what he had to say when asked about your comments that Mike Pence will not be the next president. Mark? Well, I don't know if Mike Pence will run for president in 2024, but I don't think Matt Gates will have an impact on that. In fact, I'd be surprised if he was still voting. It's more likely he'll be in prison for child sex trafficking by 2024. And I'm actually surprised that Florida law enforcement still allows him to speak to teenage conferences like that. So I'm not too worried about Matt Gates. Who is this guy and what is his problem with you? Because he, he didn't really address the question at all. He decided to make it an attack on Matt Gates. Uh, it sounds like I hit a nerve with Mike think, Pence. Yeah. And while like they can go to CNN, which, by the way, is a media organization that was literally caught on camera by Project Veritas saying that they were animating lies about me to try to propagandize my life right. because I'm an effective congressman. Right. So, like, of course, it's CNN that kind of platforms this nonsense. But what they can't dispute is that. That was my best applause line of that speech. You know, they can they can repeat debunked conspiracies and lies about me. But what Mike Pence and his political hacks cannot in any way dispute is that the people in that audience, the activists, the people that go out and win elections and uh, define the ideas of our party, they reject Mike Pence. They don't want him to be the leader of our movement. And I think Mike Pence is going to find that very uh, frequently out on the campaign trail. The thing I don't get, Matt, and, and when the allegations came out, you immediately went on Tucker. You were on my show two or three days later. You answered direct questions about the reality of the situation, about bribes that were going on, about this investigation that was being leaked. Nothing obviously has stuck because it's not true. So why do they get away with continuing to make these allegations about you? I mean, is that libel? Is that slander? Are, are you immune or is he immune because you're a public figure? Why do people keep doing this? Unfortunately, in the United States, you can pretty much say anything you want about a public figure, and it's very difficult to hold people accountable because of the actual malice standard. But folks should still, I think, mind their P's and Q's. And, you know, the last person who talked like Mark Short ended up pleading guilty to a criminal shakedown that involved my family. So that's true. In mind. Uh, it's Matt Gates, uh, of course, District 1 Republican, the great state of Florida. Uh, Matt, when it comes to Mike Pence, he, he's reminiscent now of Mitt Romney, of Liz Cheney, of Adam Kinzinger. Why is there this division allegedly in the Republican Party? I'm not even sure that they're Republicans. I'm a conservative. I'm not necessarily a Republican. They're not very conservative because they're very wishy-washy. And their argument is never, here's how I see America in the next generation. Their argument is Trump bad, Gates bad, MTG bad. I mean, it's a fecious argument. It's not going to work um, for anybody who's a true conservative and they want America to be first. Why do you think they keep doing this and the left never does it? Well, it's our ideas that fill the stadiums and that animate the people who actually make up our party. It's, you know, the uniparty that I think poses a great threat to the country. It's no longer the red team against the blue team. It is the establishment against the rest of us. And that establishment includes people like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. And it also includes Democrats like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. And so we have to have that populist energy, that America first spirit, and we have to show it in terms of the policies that we embrace and also the ideas that we're going to push, hopefully, 
after the 2022 election when we take power. And, you know, I hope that means securing our border, embracing an economic nationalism in our country for the sake of our workers and having a focused foreign policy that ensures that we're not a laughing stock on the world stage like we have been under Joe Biden. What do you make of a, of a, Mitt, Rom- uh, a Mitt Romney? What do you make of a Mike Pence? Uh, Mitt Romney, just to give a little backstory. You know everything about Mitt Romney, but I'm just going to say for those who are watching and listening. He was the governor, governor of Massachusetts, pro-choice, had an epiphany, became pro-life. He did Romney care, which was, I guess, legal because it's not constitutional, shouldn't be federally done. He did it in the state, but it was basically what Obamacare was based on. Then when he ran for president, Trump backed him. Uh, support, supported him monetarily and publicly. Romney turned on him in, in, in 2016. Trump wins. Romney wanted to be the Secretary of State. That didn't work out. Romney wanted to be the, the senator in Utah. Trump helped him. And then he attacked Trump again and voted to impeach the guy. What do you make of a Romney or a Mike Pence, who I wouldn't even know the guy's name, had Trump not put him on the ticket? Why are they turning on the guy? Well, I think that there is an establishment in both parties that hopes to reconstitute after Trumpism. You see, Trumpism isn't corrupt. It's not beholden to the special interests, to the lobbyists, to foreign interests abroad. And they want us to be a beholden nation, a beggar nation. And I think that they want Trump to sort of just get through everyone's political digestive system so that they can return to normal being valets for those special interests. And the reality is President Trump began something that is very powerful, that is very enduring in the American people, where now they expect a government that is more responsive to their needs, that is more honest, and that actually puts the needs of the people central in Washington, D.C. That that hadn't happened in a very long time. And we, with uh, the bureaucrats on the run and with some of the lobbyists on the run, uh, there's a real sense that we're going to be able to get the ship back going in the right direction. And people aren't stupid. I mean, some of these people are out there touting the praises of Trump's policies while saying we should be post-Trump. That doesn't make any sense. The guy's still there. He's, I mean, listen, I don't care what his age is. He can, when he can go three hours off teleprompter and light up 25, 30,000 people, the guy still has it. And his policies are the ones that we really reap the benefits of for four years. Why do they think they can, I had a guy on yesterday wrote a book. He said, Trump's policies were great. We should all do it, but we just should move past Trump. Why? Uh, I don't understand. I don't. Is it the personality, Matt? Is that what their problem I love is? The personality. Let me be, let me uh, be a defender of the personality. Yeah. I think sometimes it's it's Trump's kind of animated nature. It's his hyper engagement that can get the most out of people. And I do think sometimes it's his savage taunts that can get to the core of issues. I mean, look, the reason you wanted to talk to me today is because I gave a speech about these hideous abortion activists that both struck a nerve and drew a great deal of criticism and ire. And sometimes President Trump did the same thing, but what it did was it accelerated change. Washington changes very slowly because the people who have power now don't want any change that threatens that power. And when Donald Trump accelerates the decision-making process with his abundant energy, uh, I'm I'm here for the personality that that, that 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 creates. I think a lot of people voted for him because of the personality. Uh, without that personality, with that, without that I'm not in the swamp mentality, he might not have won. Have you ever had uh, somebody on your level, uh, and, and you're a very high-profile representative, walk up to you, you know, in these establishment and go, hey, Matt, can you be a little more like us? Because I, people keep saying Trump should be more presidential. I'm like, well, what the hell's presidential? Uh, Elon Musk and I had a back and forth on Twitter a week ago where Musk is talking about how we don't want Trump, he should move on. And I listed all of his policies. I said, what do you disagree with? And Musk's answer to me on Twitter was, well, none of those things, but do we really want the bull in the china shop? And I'm like, well, yes, I do. Um, have, have people tried to get you to tamp it down? 
Yeah, I mean, I remember when I first got here, I had a member of leadership say, well, Gates, you know, we've kind of assessed that you're not really a team player. I said, I'm, a, I'm a great team player. It's just you all are not my team. Right. You know, my team are the people in my district who send me here and expect that I'm going to put their interests first, not be willing to trade my vote away because some, you know, deputy whip of something made a promise to a lobbyist somewhere in exchange for a campaign contribution, which, by the way, happens every day in Washington, D.C. That's what that's what being a team player means. That's what being part of, you know, being part of kind of the the uh, ethos of Congress. And it's the same way with the presidency. You know, Donald Trump was not in that office to just be responsive to the administrative state and the bureaucratic state. He was there to provide leadership and boldness and to chart a path. And there are many of us that were so encouraged to be a part of it and hope to be a part of it yet again. But I don't want someone who comes to Washington to write out a list of a bunch of policies that maybe I agree with, but that they're not willing to fight for. And it was that spirit within Trump that actually caused the policies to go from conception to actual implementation and to see the improvements in people's lives as a consequence gave our nation hope and promise and vigor. And we took on the spirit of our ambitious president. Now it just kind of feels like we're sad, depressed, kind of puttering around, taking on the spirit of our current president. Now, and you call us a beggar nation, which is something we should never, ever, ever, never be. That's exactly what we are. Plus, we're going to release a bunch more oil from the uh, there's, there's the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. That's supposed to be strategic. It's not uh, for some reason. It's Matt Gates. He's the firebrand. Go and check out his podcast called Firebrand and go also get his book called Firebrand. Let me ask you about nationalism. I'm older than you are, but I'm sure that you've studied this. When, when Jimmy Carter was in office, the misery index became a thing. It was horrible. Interest rates, inflation, unemployment, it was nuts. We didn't like the Christmas tree because Iran wouldn't give up our hostages. I mean, it was just a horrible time in America. And Ronald Reagan wins because he was a nationalist. What does that mean? He means that he loves the nation. And he happened to be Christian. So I guess he was a Christian nationalist. For some reason, when Marjorie Taylor Greene says it, and when Matt Gates says it, and when I say it, when President Trump says that we're nationalists, we love the country, America first, and we happen to be Christians, we're suddenly Hitler. You've got Rachel Maddow literally doing an entire show on why Marjorie Taylor Greene or you might be um, uh, the next Reich after Hitler um, because you dare say, I love my country, I'll do anything for the country, and I also happen to be Christian. Matt, unpack that for me. I don't know, how did we get here that being Christian was bad and loving America was bad? No, we should be proud of the values in Christianity that we see reflected in the principles that have created the most prosperous, the most loving, and the most gracious nation that has ever existed in all of human history. You know, to me, being a nationalist means I love my country, and more than that, I love the land. I love the people here. I want every American, whether they agree with me or disagree with me, to thrive and prosper. I want this to be a beautiful place that we preserve and conserve. I want this to be a place that people are proud to have their churches on and to raise their families uh, in this great place that we call America. Th- being a nationalist isn't about division. It's about uplifting our entire people and realizing that that we are our brother's keeper. And like, look, there's a billion Chinese and there's like 350 million of us. And so if we're going to win, our nation has to pull together and we have to have everybody contributing and working. And that's the type of inspiration that I try to provide in the Congress. And I know that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene does as well. You know, you referenced the national malaise of Jimmy Carter. And, you know, you compare the national, you compare what we're going through right now with Joe Biden. I mean, it, it makes 
the national malaise look like the eight nights of Hanukkah, yeah, right? True. I mean, you know, and, and, and with people so concerned about their jobs and investment in their careers and where their opportunity for home ownership is going, uh, you really have a lot of the signs of a healthy society continuing to degrade while we see the president himself continue to degrade. Yeah, and that's that's why Reagan won. He was a nationalist. He loved the country, and he restored nationalism. We started chanting USA again. We started waving the flag again. What's interesting, Matt, I've traveled to not too, too many different places, but Canada. I've gone to Italy. And if you are pro-Italy in Italy, they love you. If you're pro-Canada in Canada, they love you. If you're pro-Mexico in Mexico, they love you. If you're pro-USA, you're a racist. I don't understand how it ever got that way. And it's not that I think the leadership on the left believes it. They think that they can get traction out of it because some of those who follow them blindly do believe it. Can we disabuse those who hate the country um, from doing that and make them come on our side and go, you know, it's a pretty great land? Well, I think that to do that, we have to be happy warriors. Yeah. We have to speak the truth to people, but we also have to have a politics that is inviting, right? There's nothing inviting about critical race theory, right? right? There's nothing inviting about showing up to a political meeting and having someone bark 37 pronouns at you. And so I think that's the challenge of the left. They've used division so much that they've divided into a smaller and smaller group of basically woke white elites. And you have working class people of every background, of every ethnicity saying, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm grateful to be in this country. I want to work hard. I want to live the American dream. And if people are more worried about their diversity, equity, and inclusion training than on ensuring that I have skills and that my skills result in economic output for my family, well, then they're not really putting my best interests at the forefront of the public policy discussion. And so that's the lane that's kind of opened up for us during the Trump era. And if we, if we are willing to liberate ourselves from the, the K Street lobbyists and from some of the people who try to control politics, I think we've got really not an opportunity just to win an election, but to drive a mandate to hold the Biden administration accountable and then to get control of the government again. He's the Firebrand Watches podcast called the same name. Also, the book is called Firebrand. It's uh, District 1 Republican, great state of uh, Florida, Matt Gates. Matt, thanks a million for coming on and thank you so much for speaking truth to power. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Joe. Anytime. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. You're listening to Joe Pags. I appreciate you stopping by. Really glad to have uh, Congressman Matt Gates on. Matt, uh, look, he shoots from the hip. He says what he believes. He loves the country. And he's going to go after people that are trying to tear us down. Uh, it was kind of fun because the congressman stopped in the, uh, in the chat room after the interview. And people got to say hello and talk to him a bit. Quick break here. We're back after this. Stay here. This is the Joe Pegg Show.